0: Just a double again. I want
1: to see a triple doink. It double might happen. Doink. Double doink. Double doink. Double doink. Triple doink. Quadruple doink. 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 Double doink right there. Doink. Doink. A double doink. Double doinker.
2: Double doinks and sackles. Teaching you how to football.
0: Can, Can you teach, teach us how to how the
2: football? football? God, I really hope so, man. There's two of you now. My name is Travis. We're here with uh, the podcast once again. I'm also joined with a couple of friends, as always. Uh, Chris is hopping in again. Thanks for the invite, guys.
0: And also Jimmy G, the Stop boy.
2: And we are back uh, after week 9 of football. Looking forward to week 10 as well. Uh, we're very excited about all that happened. But before we get into what's going on or what's happening in front of us, let's just take a quick recap of last week by this point. Uh, we had the Thursday night football game. We all knew what was going to happen uh, I mean, the Texans, I, I felt as though like at the very beginning of that game, like it, it seemed like one of those like weird Thursday night games where the undefeated team might actually get someone to show them a challenge. And then the Eagles woke up and the Texans turned into uh, Cinderella after midnight by this point. Uh, there's nothing really to say about this game unless one of you guys have anything to say about it. I mean, Mills got two TDs. I think that's all I can say about it. I mean, the one thing I will say is Damian Price. I think broke a record for like the most yards after contact by this point. Uh,
0: he the, runs angry.
2: the The rookie running back runs really tough. For all those that picked him up in fantasy football, good on you. By thank this you. point, thank you. Thank uh, Did not help you to win last week, though, Jimmy. No, that uh, boy. Uh, let's not get too high on our. There's that uh,
0: knife. From, there's that knife from last week. Let's not get too high, high on our
2: Texans horse by this point. Um, But let's move on to some games that are actually more fun to watch by this point. The Chargers uh, had a weird finish to their game by this point. It was a double fumble. Uh, We haven't figured out a name for that one yet. We have double doinks, but we don't have a double (laughs) fumble uh, a defumble. by this point. Uh, The Falcons actually recovered a fumble, ran it back, fumbled again, and the Charters end up getting the back, uh, and they get Dicker the kicker to actually kick the Dicker winning field goal. The
1: kicker came in for the win.
2: Has now kicked two winning field goals for two separate NFL teams. Could either one of you name the first NFL team this year he kicked the field goal for? Was it a Colts? It was not. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. He was was brief. It was like week two. He actually kicked a winning field goal for the Philadelphia Eagles by this point. Dicker the kicker comes in. uh, Gives the Chargers the win on the road by that point. The Bears-Dolphins game. Now, this is a game I wanted to touch on real fast. Uh, Man, what do you want to say?
1: What do you say about this game by this point? I think Fields all day. Uh, him getting outside of the pocket, running for what was 175 yards this game.
2: Uh, he actually broke the NFL record for the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a season, in a game ever.
0: Did he run for more than passing?
1: Well, he only had 123 passing yards. No. so, so it, yes, he did. Yeah, yes, 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 he did. Uh, but yeah, 178 rushing yards, uh, one rushing TD. Uh, he spread the ball out a little bit, so he was looking pretty good that game. I mean, considering in fact he was playing Miami, who we touch on their offense looking really great. Um, I thought he looked pretty good though, this week.
2: I mean, at the end of the day, I think Miami's uh, defense has looked terrible against the run all year long. Uh, they're a big play type defense, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective at this point. Uh, so they're they're used to the pick sixes. They're used to like the returns stuff like that. They cannot stop the run. Justin Fields running for 178 yards and a touchdown and passing for 123 on 17 attempts by that point. Uh, the big story on this one, I think, is the uh, continued production by Tua uh, as well as the continued production by Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is actually the number one fantasy
1: wide receiver right now. Uh, he's on pace to break 2,000 yards. Uh, I mean, can he do it? Maybe. We'll have to see. I mean, I think Tyreek Hill obviously was a great pickup. With Waddle back there as well. They're looking good. I mean, he had 143 yards, one TD. Waddle himself had 85 yards and a TD as well. To a sling the ball, these guys. So, moving on from that point on, uh, it's
2: going to be the Panthers Bengals game. Not a great game. I don't think you really want to talk I about I think it as we much.
1: probably uh, skip this game a little skip bit. Skip past uh, that one. I mean, it, something happened. Uh, Panthers lost. I think the only bright star we got out of that whole game was Baker, is Baker two Mayfield Baker two coming out here and slinging the ball, as he should. I was going to say, the bright star of
2: that game was actually Joe Mixon with five touchdowns. Uh, welcome oh, back to you Fantasy had Relevance, to bring Joe that Mixon up.
1: by this point. I think we were all on the Carolina side on that one, but uh, yeah, yeah, Mixon well, coming out there and just decimating the Carolina defense.
2: Moving on from there, we have the Packers going to the Detroit Lions, Aaron Rodgers, uh, two interceptions in the first half in the red zone uh, One of them right on like the two yard line by this point Aaron Rodgers looks terrible um, This game was awful to watch I can't believe that the Packers are still in this game towards the end of it uh, What is there to be said about the uh, state of the Green
1: Bay Packers by this point? I think he really just looks like he doesn't want to be out there um, He's not even trying to throw, throw the ball well He's throwing off his back foot He's lobbing it up in the air uh, there's no tight spiral on the ball, and especially on a couple of those passes where he lobbed up in the air. I think if he would have just put a little gas behind it, he could have made the play happen. But he he just looks like he doesn't want to play for Green Bay anymore. Well, I mean, there's there's been a story that came out of Green Bay uh, this week that I was reading from
2: a Bleacher Report actually that was stating that uh, a lot of the flack that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been giving about the rookie wide receivers dropping the ball and missing routes and everything like that, a lot of it isn't going well in the locker room. And that shouldn't come as a surprise now that we're sitting here coming into Week 10 uh, as we talk about uh, a lot of players that are being thrown under the bus by one player who's not showing up. Um, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is starting to kind of overextend his welcome. Here in Green Bay. Um, and we could talk about the contract situation a little bit later. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, the Patriots handle the Colts. Uh, the Colts end up firing Frank Wright. Uh, they hire Jeff Saturday. The only NFL coach who has uh, never coached an NFL team before. Nor college. Nor college. A- Andrew, do you
0: have any uh, thoughts on this one? Um, yeah. He, he, he did win like a playoff series for a high school team. I don't know. This seems really, really weird. I don't know why Jim Ursay thinks he knows what he's doing. He says like he's claims to like know his his franchise has won like a couple Super Bowls or something. They have like winning seasons. They know how to pick players, but this seems like I don't know what they're trying to do here with hiring Jeff Saturday. I also hear Dan Orlovsky might be an offensive like consultant. We're just gonna hire all the T V people. Which makes me think what kind of T V people will be in line for this. I'm sure they had to ask Peyton Manning to coach this team, too, right?
1: Again, I just, I just don't understand. You're not winning football games. You don't look good out there. Why isn't Matt Ryan on the field? Why are you not plugging this guy in? Well, maybe that's why Frank Reich got actually fired by this boy. Maybe
2: Jeff Saturday is going to come back and Matt Ryan is uh, healthy once again and ready to go. Uh, but I'm going to go back on what I said last week. The Patriots are rolling, man. The uh, Patriots look good. They have found their, uh, their way of football by this point. Um, I, I don't see the Patriots stopping. and uh, I mean, I think they're in last place in that division right now. And that division is very, very difficult because we're going to move on to the next game, um, which I thought was not even going to be close by this point. I think a lot of us didn't think it was going to be as close as what it was uh, or even the outcome by this point. Uh, the Jets and the Bills, they're in the Meadowlands by this point. The Jets ended up pulling one away and stealing one away from the Bills. Um, Josh Allen did not look good in this game. We find out a couple days later uh, he's dealing with like a sprained UCLA by that point, also some nerve damage in his throwing arm. Um, I all all props go up to Josh Allen. I know in the the post game interview he actually said something along the lines of saying, um, you know, you can't win when your quarterback plays like shit. Um, I mean, we had to put an explicit warning by this point on this one, uh, but but I mean, props to Josh Allen on that one. It's the opposite of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Who's taking ownership of what happened? I mean, are the Jets for real or was this just like a fluke win?
0: I think they're changing the the narrative in New York. Like, the the Giants are supposed to be like a really good team this year, supposedly. Um, The Jets are also like also changing the conversation. They are not the same old Jets that we once saw, right? I feel like they're just completely different now. I mean,
2: that defense is great. I mean, Sauce Gardner has to be probably the number one ranked rookie right now. Um, People are calling him Daryl Revis 2.0. I think that's a a false, false uh, narrative
1: by that point. How about baby Revis? I mean,
2: uh, Sauce Gardner is a much bigger person than Daryl Revis was by this point.
1: Yeah, I think it was more of Allen. You can tell he wasn't all there. Um, He wasn't really getting it done with his arm, so he tried to use his legs i think he ended up getting like two rushing touchdowns or something that game uh but he didn't he did not look good passing the ball so hopefully he can get a little healthier and he can get back on that track again i think last even last week we were talking about we couldn't see a team that'd be able to stop the bills apparently it's the jets apparently it's the Jets.
0: bills win by 16 if some of us thought i I definitely did
1: i mean you
2: know with a healthy josh allen maybe they do i would Um, bet well, there it is. <laughs> you got to pay that. Uh, moving on, we have the uh, Minnesota Vikings watching, uh, going to the Washington Football Tyler Heineke commies. Uh, by that point, this game was um, was was pretty fun. Uh, we didn't really watch the first half of it. Uh, we had a lot of other games, so we're on at the time. Um, but the fourth quarter comeback—I mean, you have the Vikings down seventeen to seven with fourteen minutes left in the game. Uh, they make a, a, a big comeback, even with you know, despite the refs. Uh, doing pass interference, uh, you know, helping Curtis Samuel get that touchdown by that point. Uh, Regardless of it, the Vikings, they seem pretty for real right now. And I I feel like we can actually have a real conversation without Fernando here uh, to be able to talk (laughs) about the 7-1 Vikings. Uh, I've seen a lot of power rankings. This is kind of something I wanted to ask you guys about. A lot of the power rankings that I see right now, In the NFC, still have the Vikings as the number three team. Behind the Eagles, obviously, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. And behind the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Well, I think you have to put the Eagles up there, obviously. I mean, they're looking good. They're undefeated. But Dallas over Minnesota right now, I just don't see it. Uh, I was worried there for a little bit because it looks like uh, uh, Cussins got, like, ran off to the sideline for a little bit. Uh, I kind of thought he was injured, but... They're looking good. I mean, between Cooks and Jefferson just dominating down the field, um, I think they're well and above Dallas right now.
0: Yeah, the only thing I worry about the Vikings is that if they play in primetime, they're, they're going to start to suck. I mean, they are not good at primetime games.
2: Given their history and given what we know based off of uh, Fernando, who is a you know schedule, sketchy source is best, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think the thing that I've noticed about the Vikings is their defense could not win the one-score games last year. Uh, they're putting in the effort this year. The defense is actually—I I think we, we all had the Vikings scoring a lot more points at the beginning of the season than what they are right now. Um, I think the Vikings are putting on like a very efficient offense. Um, they're they're well balanced, and I think the defense is starting to show
1: up when it matters in the second half of these games. I think that's the big part. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head right there with the defense actually showing up for the second half of the football game. Uh, trying to stay out of he- ahead instead of playing catch-up from behind. Uh, I think the defense is keeping these guys like not only in the game, but helping them win the games as well.
2: Moving on from that point on, we have the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, coming off a shutout uh, loss. Uh, <laughs> coming into Jacksonville at CIA Bank Stadium. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars were down by 17 points at one point. Um, in the second quarter. They ended up making a comeback and winning this game 27-20, to 20, uh, holding the uh, Las Vegas Raiders to zero points in the second half. Um, I don't know where I want to start on this one. Uh, to be honest with you, we don't have to touch on it too much. Travis Etienne is the truth by this point. Uh, the man rushed for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Christian Kirk is still earning that contract, I feel, as though he signed. And Trevor Lawrence is still
1: showing promise of what he could do. You know, he made some passes down the field on Sunday that looked pinpoint. He was looking a lot better this game um, as far as some of the downfield passes. And, you know, he's coming along. Hopefully he keeps it going and we'll see what happens this week. I don't know if you guys actually saw any of the videos. Uh
2: there was a video out him uh talking to uh fifty-two and uh, fifty-five of the Raiders by this point. Uh he got hit on a scramble. Uh he came back and he was jawing across the lines and said, Hey fifty-two, I play better when you hit me. I'm weird like that. Let's go. And I'm like, that's the Trevor Lawrence I wanted. Like we saw the Trevor Lawrence like three or four weeks ago in the tunnel where everyone was like very depressed or very unsatisfied with, like, his pregame speech. I want to see my quarterback out there, John, with linebackers saying, like, give it to me, dog. Give it to me. I'm weird like that. So, I mean, maybe he's finding his stride. Maybe he's finally, like, starting to find his element here in the NFL – uh, I don't want to go too much into
1: it because you know. Well, I think it. I think it showed a little bit. He had a little fire behind him. He was finally hit some long passes, and you know if that's what it takes, stay pumped up, stay weird every Sunday.
2: Every Sunday, let's stay weird. Give him a sugar cube. Uh, moving on from this point on, we have the Seahawks going to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this game. I mean, it was close going into the fourth quarter, but I think once the fourth quarter opened up and Kenneth Walker scores his touchdown, this game was never really around again. I, I feel like the Cardinals are, are, are treading water right now. Uh, I feel like there has to be something. I mean, there's been rumors out there between uh, Cliff Kingsbury and um, Kyler Murray right now. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on out there about how like the disassociation between the quarterback and... And the dismanagement uh, with the the uh, upper brass by this point, I,
1: I I don't think the Cardinals are a bad team. I think Colin Murray was pretty frustrated on Sunday, and I think there was a pretty nice video of him jawing with Hawkins on the sideline, and they were going at it uh, pretty hardcore down there. You know, I don't know exactly what he was pointing out, but you could tell he was very frustrated. Um, he did rush for sixty yards, which is a little below average for him. He had two TDs, but yeah, he's he's not looking good. And uh, it's definitely affecting Arizona. Arizona's not looking good. and But Seattle, I mean, Walker's out there killing it. Uh, Geno Smith is still airing out the ball. I think Metcalf got a touchdown. Lockett got a touchdown. So Seattle's looking good. Noah Fan had
2: a great game. Is that right? Noah Fan. You
1: you oh, you were praying for that. He um, might have. He
2: might,
0: uh, he sure might have prayed for that.
2: I mean, so coming from our NFC West specialist over here with Jimmy G, the Stat Boy, as a Niners fan, uh, how are you feeling right now about the Seahawks and the Cardinals?
0: Um, The Cardinals, not so much. Those Cardinals faded at the end last year, and they did not show up for their playoff game. Seattle, I can't help but think the Niners played Seattle as they were starting to find their way, but they did beat the the Seahawks pretty handily in that second game of the season. I feel like they might have... Have more confidence, and when they rematch later, who knows when? But later this year, it might be a very interesting game because it might be a different Seattle team, a little more confidence, a little more fluidity, fluidity. And the um, yeah, I think they. I'm my eyes open out open for like the Seahawks and seeing what they could possibly do because they could probably. I still don't know what the Niners have it have what it takes to, but we'll we'll, we'll see because they played one game with CMC and, um. I'm just curious how long it might last. Cause. I
2: mean, I, I still think the Seahawks, by this point, with Geno Smith, I mean, we keep waiting, and I said it last week, we keep waiting on the floor to drop out from Geno Smith and to have him turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, the man is playing solid football right now. Uh, he it's, is playing solid it's, football. It's not sexy, you know. Like he's not, he's all. not going to lead the league all. or anything else. Uh, but it's, it's kind of a, um, in, in my, in my just. Simple, uh, you know, uh, observation about it. I, I think the thing that I see with uh, Geno Smith is it's kind of what the Niners want Jimmy G to be for them. You know, like just put put the ball where it needs to be. Make the plays. Don't make stupid mistakes. Jimmy G sometimes makes stupid mistakes right in the end zone, stuff like that. You got not scramble out of the pocket. Uh, can't
0: step up. Yeah, that's
2: but what, but Geno Smith right now is playing solid, safe football. And, I mean, for a team that has – actually, I, I believe I heard this this Sunday – uh, the Seahawks have like the most like like draft picks like like you know rookies starting on their defense right now. Yeah, uh, they are they are playing out of their mind. I mean these guys are playing like there's no tomorrow, and Geno Smith is just holding them together. That is a team. That is, that is a team that is holding themselves together right now and lifting themselves up. Beyond the stature that I think they actually are, I mean, I'm I'm a Seahawks fan right now because <laughs> it's it's a fun
1: team to watch, man. I think I'm right there with you. I mean, their defense doesn't look that bad, but their offense is killing it. And uh, you know, leading the helm is just Geno Smith out out there like doing what he does. And like I said, he's airing out the ball and with Walker in the backfield right now, rushing for over 100 yards and two TDs. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to beat down the road, but. For the 49ers, now that they have Christian McCaffrey, who knows? Who knows? You know anything about Christian McCaffrey? I know a little bit about well, Christian there you McCaffrey. Go. I didn't know he could pass the ball as well as he could. Next game was the Rams versus the Bucks. Uh, this
2: is game uh, preseason, probably looked uh, amazing. Uh, this would be, yeah, be the game of the
0: week. Yeah, that'd be the game of the week.
2: Coming in this week, we all kind of knew that it was going to be a giant letdown, and it essentially was until uh, the last, I'd say, like eight minutes uh, of that game by that point. Well, um, it was the last drive. I mean, the last say. drive, what was it, 44 seconds? 44 seconds? seconds. You have um, a young
1: upstart, Timmy Brady. Young upstart, man. Like, you know, setting up behind the center, taking it on his shoulders, you know, driving down however far it was. I don't know exactly where they got the ball at, but uh, driving it down. For the little last-second win there, that is a Timmy Brady of, of old. That is Timmy Brady when he still had the ring on his finger. You choose which ring I'm talking about. And, oh, not too soon, <laughs> too soon. Yeah, Timmy Brady that last drive looked good.
2: Giselle, give me a call if you ever want to. Though uh, <laughs> it was uh, the last. The last drive was six plays for sixty yards and thirty-five seconds. Thirty-five. took move uh, sixty yards down the field. Uh, Kate Otten. Uh, with the touchdown over there, uh, it was a great play call by that point. Uh, they they completely sold on the run. I don't know why you'd sell on the run with no timeouts left, sitting there on the goal line with about eight seconds left by that point, Probably but they fooled. sold on the run. They absolutely fooled the Rams' defense. Uh, Jalen Ramsey continues to be a burnt piece of toast, in my opinion. Uh, but the Bucks are trying to find their way back. And uh, with their division, easy division. I mean, to do it in. I mean the, the Falcons right mm-hmm. now, at four and five, are still first place in that division. The Bucks aren't far behind. Um, I I I feel as though the Bucks could be a scary team if they could
1: figure their shit out. Yeah, just go back to last season. You know, I think uh, they started out pretty well. Uh, they looked good at the start of the season. I think they ran into a couple rough patches. Uh, I think they had a couple games. I think uh, Brady went on a three game skid there where he lost like three in a row which was the first time in his career I think we touched on that Uh, but yeah you know they're picking it back up and we'll see what they do this Sunday.
0: How about the Rams? Are the Rams like done done now? Are we like thinking there's nothing left now?
1: It's tough to say because I mean as long as you have Cooper Cup Matt Stafford had 165 yards Cooper Cup had 130 of those yards so you know, as long as he's still in the mix, I can't say that they're out of it, but they don't look good. Well,
2: the bigger thing, I think, with the Rams by this point is you have to look at uh, establishing a running game. With it. Uh, you know, like they have not been able to figure. I mean, Cam Akers has been, uh, once again, I don't know what he did to someone up in the higher brass to, like, get him out of there. Uh, but DJ Henderson seems to be emerging as the back in, in that offense. Um I mean, you still have Aaron Donald uh, and Jalen Ramsey, even though I think he's a piece of toast by this point, is actually still one of the top uh, DBs in the league. Um, The defense is still there. The the core is still there. You still have Sean McVay, who is uh, one of the best coaches in the NFL, in my opinion, right now. Um, I don't think they're done. Uh, I think with the way the NFC has kind of, you know, like fallen to this point. I think that the Rams will have an absolute shot, uh, especially at like a, like a wild card position. Because uh, the NFC isn't great outside of the NFC East by this point.
0: I guess my question is more, if the Rams don't do anything this year, next year they don't have picks. They don't have anything. That's How true. is this team going to recover from this season? I,
2: I, th- I think you still do what you, you did this past year. I mean, like, you can still keep floating future picks. Uh, by that point, you know, yeah. you can go 20, 25 pick, you need a 20, 26 pick by that point. Uh, if, I mean, the problem that, that, that any team has ever had in LA is like, you have to win now. Cause like, if you don't win, you know, in LA, then people don't care about you as much. You know, they'll, they'll focus on like the Ducks, they'll focus on the Kings, they'll focus on the Lakers. They'll focus on the, there's so many teams up there to focus on by this point. Yeah. If you're not going to win, you no one cares, you know. That's the, the this whole point, but, like, the Chargers, like, moving up there and, like, doing what they've done so far. it's the whole point of the Rams, like, you know, making the push for the Super Bowl last year, and it worked. Uh, I don't say the Rams are done. I, I think yeah. they're at the twilight years of Matt Stafford. I mean, who's to say that, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up next year or another quarterback is
1: not show up next year. Well, also, like Travis was saying a little while ago, um, they still have the weapons, you know. They're still there. They are lacking a running game. Which would probably help Matt Stafford out a little bit, help him spread the ball outside. No line, no line. Maybe yeah. hit him like uh, out in the flats or something like that. Um, so they're they're missing pieces, uh, but as far as a uh, overall team, they're they're definitely not done. They're just missing a few pieces, and if they can get those pieces plugged in, um, I think they'll probably have a chance to make a run. Maybe not this year, uh, but if they can figure out something for next year, even if this is. losing season, I I think they can make a run. Moving on to our Sunday night game of the week. Last week would be the Tennessee Titans
2: against the Kansas City Chiefs in KC. Uh, This game was way closer than I think any of us thought it was going to be, especially myself. Especially you. Um, I I could not believe how well Tennessee played early on, Uh, but you can kind of just... I don't know. I I felt at halftime... even with like KC up by that point, fourteen to nine, I still felt as though you knew KC was going to win this game. Um, and even though they kind of held on, they 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 still push it to overtime. By that point, uh, I just ah oh man, I was I was talking to Eric, um, who maybe or maybe does not listen to the podcast. Still, we'll know. <laughs> uh, maybe one of our two listeners. Um, I was talking to Eric Sunday night, and we were just kind of talking back and forth uh, in the fourth quarter, watching Malik Willis uh, try and throw the ball down. Um, Tennessee has no receivers that are willing, that can do anything to try and separate coverage or try and improvise once they go mm-hmm. downfield. By that point, um, also, Malik Willis is not ready to
1: be a starting quarterback in the NFL. One hundred percent. I mean, you take Henry off this team, and this team is another Detroit. Uh, they're not looking good at all. I mean, Willis... they're worse than Detroit.
2: They're worse than Troy.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, with Henry out there, I mean, at least they have options. But Willis does not look good behind the snap. Uh, I think he has happy feet back there. He panics a little bit. Um, He really doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. So, um, I'm surprised this game was as close as it was. Uh, But, yeah. Just
0: looking at these stats, like, I don't know any of these receivers. Like, Austin Hooper, the tight end. Got Hassan Haskins who's like one of a rookie. You got Traylon Burks who's a rookie who didn't play this game. Got Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, on this team, who did nothing here according to the stats here. Um yeah, this team without Henry is I don't know how this team had a 17 9 lead at the third quarter. They got a good coach. Yeah.
2: Okay. I mean Matt Rebels is, is a good coach. Uh they have a solid defense and they're running game. Uh, keeps teams uh, off the field by that point. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the stats right now. It's uh, kind of like how Atlanta wants to
0: like ground and pound the ball on the ground and not have any kind of passing game and just bore you to death, I guess. That's kind of how the Titans were playing this game. I mean,
2: ultimately, the day it's not boring to death. It's just the whole point of having someone like Derrick Henry is knowing that you can get four to five yards like a carry by that point, right? Uh, so the whole point of that is you can take your time, come back up the line, knowing that you're going to hand this ball off to this gigantic human being behind us, and you still can't
1: stop him, yeah. uh, and just keeping the offense off the it's field. Really, yeah, it's really keeping the offense yeah. off the field. And it I works. I think that's exactly what their offense is right now. You know, uh, you know he's going to get the first down. Uh, you just keep handing him the ball, and you work down the clock, and I think that's really what kept this game close. I mean, Mahomes threw for 450 yards. Uh, I mean, he only had one TD and that was a Russian touchdown, but, uh, yeah, when you have a running back like that, you just eat away at the clock. And when you're playing a good team, like the chiefs, that's exactly what you need to do for their offense. But at the end of the day, uh,
2: you can only keep the offense on, on the, off the field so long and eventually defenses us show up. Tennessee Titans defense showed up. Derrick Henry actually went through the locker room, uh, shook every single person on the defense's hand after the game. Uh, props to Derrick Henry, um, stand-up individual, uh, knows where that team is lying right now, and I think that shows that right now. The Chiefs ended up, um, I don't want to say escaping that one, because as soon as they kicked that field goal, they knew they had it. The Titans couldn't do anything after that. I mean, you, you knew as soon as it got to the third and long, as soon as it got to the fourth and long, they weren't going to be able to do anything by that point.
1: Yeah, I'm just slightly concerned about the Chiefs' running game. You know, I think Mahomes uh, led the charge with like 63 yards. Um, I think they need to step up their running game a little bit and help Mahomes out, and uh, it'll probably open up their their passing game a little bit as well. But uh, yeah, I don't think you can say the Chiefs escaped with a win on that game. I think it was expected. But Tennessee definitely kept it closer than what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. And moving on to Monday night,
2: um, not a lot to say about Monday night football by this point. The the Ravens came in; they handled their business. The uh, the Saints didn't look great, man. Uh, they did not look great. I mean, the Ravens down their um, two starting running backs by this point with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards uh, down. Mark Andrews by this point doesn't matter. Lamar Jackson just takes it into his own hands, figures out ways to get the ball out there. Uh, the defense didn't look terrible uh, this week. I mean, obviously it was against the Saints offense, who isn't a great offense by this point. Uh, Roquan Smith had a uh, couple really good plays, uh, especially out in the flat. That's why they went out and got him. Uh, maybe this is going to be the turning point for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, holding on to first place right now in the AFC North. Um but, once again, I'm not going to give them too much. I mean, the, the, the Bengals are still there on their heels, you know. But, I mean, props to the Ravens. They won on Monday night. Uh, and that concludes our, uh, our, our, our Week 9 uh, summer week right here, yeah. Uh, so we can move on. We're going to take a break real fast. Uh, and we'll get into some stories and some uh, picks for next week.
0: Sounds good.
1: Hey Trav, I'm trying to get away from the wife and kids for a little bit, maybe grab some wings, watch some sports. Go for Mike, well, Chris. I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, Dirty Birds Bar and Grill
2: uh, is located not too far from my house over there in the college area. Uh, They have all-you-can-eat wings on Monday night. Uh, Great for Monday night football, by the way. Um, Monday deals, Tuesday deals, Wednesday deals, half-price wings. I know you've been looking for that your entire life by this point. After 9 o'clock, sometimes they have pitcher deals on local pitchers. Uh, they have about thirty TVs in the bar. They play whatever sport you want, especially if you talk to the people over there. Hit up Dirty Birds Bar and Grill, sixty-four ninety-nine El Cajon Boulevard, San Diego, California, nine two one one five. Check it out. We'll do.
0: Let's take a break and hear a message from a sponsor.
2: And we're back. Double Doinks and Sackles teaching you how to football. Can you teach me how to football? I'm trying to, Chris. You've been here for a few weeks, but I'm still I trying know. to. Right? Um So coming into Thursday night, uh, these haven't been great games. We've had a couple decent ones uh, recently. We get the Falcons versus the Panthers. The Panthers should have beat the Falcons last time they played each other. Uh, this time it's in Carolina. Atlanta's two-and-a-half-point favorites, who do you have?
1: I have Carolina beating Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, yes, you know, normally, at least this year, I've been down on Carolina, but I don't think you take a shellacking like they did last week and not come back and uh, put up some points this week. I am a little disappointed Baker Mayfield's not starting. You know, it's uh, P.J. Walker back there, but I'm taking Carolina – over Atlanta, and they covered spread. I mean, the Raiders didn't come oh. back from their shellacking they had last week. Don't but compare me to the Raiders, Jimmy. G, the
2: stat boy. What do
0: you, uh, Fernando, have? Well, Fernando and I both uh, choose the Falcons to cover yeah. this because we'll just see if history repeats itself.
1: How dare you! I'll
0: take that knife in my back and put it back in your back. Yeah, um, I don't. I this. I don't think the Panthers have changed too much. I uh, I didn't see much last week, so, and on a short week, there's an offense will be flowing. Maybe I, I don't see the, this beating different Falcons, win and cover.
2: Chris, you sitting out there island by yourself, man. You know what? Here's a rowboat. I'm coming up to you, dog. I'm taking the Panthers in this one, man. Uh, I I think at home by this point. Hey, let me
1: throw out the life preserver. <gasps> bring it in.
2: Bring it on in. Bring it in. Uh, take the Panthers in this one. Um, I I think the Falcons look good. I think the Panthers know <laughs> they should have won that game. Um, I can't even tell you how many times. I watched Patrick Mahomes take his helmet off the field, walking off the field, uh, just on Sunday night by this point. Is that uh, Let's not bring this up to the DJ Moore thing again. Uh, you can pick and choose those things. Once again, it didn't matter. Uh Pinheiro couldn't hit the field goal regardless of where he was at. Maybe um, he could have. Nah, he would have. he uh, would have. But give me the Panthers in this game at home. Uh Moving on to uh, the early game. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be waking the up for this really one. really early game. Uh, definitely won't be over at your house for this one because I don't care enough for this one. Um, but we have the Seahawks traveling to Munich, Germany. The first Germany game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are three-point
1: favorites. Uh, look at you, Chris. What are you going with us on Travis? You got to be there. I can't shotgun a beer by myself, man. Come on. It is a Seahawks house. Let's go. Unless
0: the Panthers are playing in this
1: house. Twelve minutes. We might. Tw- oh, I'm not.
0: I'm not part of twelve minutes. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, I got Seahawks winning this one. I think Geno Smith is looking really good. Uh, they got the running game going. He's airing out the ball. Uh, Brady did look good to finish up that game, but uh, I don't think it's going to be enough against the Seahawks. I think they're still recovering. So Seahawks win this.
0: Um, I picked the Seahawks. Fernando picked the Seahawks to win this game. I, I really don't see how this is going to be anything different than Seahawks win. The, the Seahawks are rolling. The Bucks barely beat the Rams. Uh, I don't know how... They can manage any kind of defensive front to stop the Seahawks in this game. Give me the Seahawks.
2: All right. So the Seahawks have uh, done okay outside of Seattle. They've done great inside of Seattle by this point. Uh, I think the Bucs, uh, we talked about earlier this, uh the, this podcast, I think the Bucks are starting to turn around. They're starting to figure out what they're doing. Rashad White started getting more and more involved in this offense by that point. Uh, the receivers are starting to catch the ball. Tom Brady's starting to get his stuff together. Uh, give me the bucks all day long to cover in this game. I will be the one outside of this. Uh, moving on, we have the Vikings versus the Bills. Um, I have three and a half points. Uh, what do you have right now? I
0: have Bills by four and a half. But this was like earlier, a little bit earlier this week. But it's it's a close. It was a close spread. It's a close spread.
2: So right now we have the Vikings going to. Uh, Orchard Park by this point um, I'm I'm going to take Honestly the Vikings to win and cover this game I know that um, Currently Josh Allen has like The UCL sprain, he's got some nerve damage In his throwing arm, he's day to day right now They're going to see if he's going to play uh, This game does not matter As much I think to the Bills As it does, like for because like, it's not a, not a conference game uh, If they could rest uh, Josh Allen Or if Josh Allen needs to just They're going to run the ball. Maybe this is a Devin Singletary game at this point. I just don't see the Bills being able to show up.
1: I'm seeing the Vikings on a run right now, man. I'm going to take the Vikings all day. I think that AFC East is way too close. I don't think they can take their foot off the gas pedal just yet. Um, I think Josh Allen is a little worried about his elbow uh, and what that's going to do to the game. I think regardless of whether or not he get it done in the air, he's going to be able to rush the ball a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Minnesota is looking good. Minnesota is looking good. Uh, But I'm going to take Buffalo to win this and to cover. Well, I have the
0: Bills to win and cover. I agree with you. Fernando has the Bills to win but not cover. Whether or not Josh Allen plays is very interesting because if he doesn't, do you know who ends up playing this game? I do. It'd it's be, uh, Case Keenum. It's Case Keenum, the former yeah, Viking player. Yeah, the, Minnesota, so the it Minneapolis is a, miracle. It is
1: yeah. a revenge game for Case Keenum. So you got Diggs trying to keep up with Jefferson, and you might have Keenum trying to outmatch Cousins. Yes.
0: Ooh. This game yes, is Ooh. juicy, to say the least. So whether or not Josh Allen plays, I feel like Case Keenum could do enough or be in the heads of the other team enough with Diggs and yeah.
2: I feel like that game's getting the sound in the garage. (laughs) I feel
0: like it might. Um, Let's go with the next game. we got Lions at Bears. Bears by three points. Fernando and I both have the Bears to win. Um, Yeah, this is... Lions are a really crap team. I have the
1: Bears to win this this game. I think Fernando agrees with me on there. I think I said last week that the Detroit is hot garbage. And you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm taking the Bears <laughs> to win this game and to outmatch the Lions by at least a touchdown, if not 10 points. Ooh. Wow. Going on, Louie. the last time that, I'm, nice.
2: I'm going to say uh, I'm, I'm a believer in the baby Bears right now, man. Um, Justin Fields is... Is finding his his thing. I mean, it's it's the Lamar Jackson track by this point. You don't have to throw for 200, 300 yards by this point. You could rush for 178 and break an NFL record. Um, they, they played well against the Dolphins. Uh, this is going to be a, a divisional game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than 10 points. Uh, but give me the Bears at home right now. The Bears are, are riding high, they're feeling good.
0: Moving on, we have the Broncos at the Titans. The Titans by three. I don't know how the Titans have or by three with that offense. But Titans by three is a spread. Um, Fernando and I both have the Titans win this game. Why do we pick that? Anyway, <laughs> maybe because the Broncos are still also garbage as well. So um, let's go with that. Titans.
1: Um, yeah, I don't see Denver's defense stopping Henry. Uh, You know, I'm not exactly sure whether or not it's going to be a 200-yard game or a 100-yard game, Uh, but Henry is uh, Tennessee's offense right now, so uh, I got Tennessee winning this game, uh, and they're going to cover, I just don't see Detroit, or sorry, uh, Denver uh, stopping Travis Henry.
2: So Denver, fantasy-wise, has the number 10 fantasy-ranked offense uh, right now in the NFL. Um, this is the thing, right? If you have one thing you have to stop, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to stop Malik Willis. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill is going to play this game. Now that would that would change a lot of stuff. If Ryan Tannehill can play this game, uh, then it's going to open up the passing game a little more than, than what they currently have. But even then, Broncos' defense is actually solid enough it's it's a three point spread. It's two and a half point spread. What I got right now, but it doesn't matter if you take that away from a home field advantage at a neutral site. That's an even game, all spread out. Give me the Broncos. I think coming off
1: of a buy, I like the Broncos a lot more than I like the Titans at home. But I think everyone knows that they need to stop, stop Travis Henry. Travis, Derek Henry. Derek Henry. I'm Travis. Sorry, no. Derek Henry. But they haven't been able to quite do it. So I still see him like rushing over their defense, and I have Tennessee winning this game. I say Derrick Henry gets less than 150 yards this game.
2: Um, I'm going to say the Broncos figure out a way to win this game. It might be at the very end of it. Um, I'm Give me the Broncos
1: all day. But how many yards does Travis Henry get? Oh, well, depends on how much I want to run that day. <laughs> All right. Maybe two.
0: <laughs> How's, what's the distance between the, the couch and the, and the fridge? Anyway, next game we have on the docket is the Jaguars going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Big game for the Jaguars. Chiefs, though, are favored by nine and one-half points, according to my spreads that I've seen here. Um, I have the Chiefs winning um, and covering. Friano has the Chiefs winning, but the Jags covering somehow. Oh, he believes in the Jaguars, too. What say you guys?
1: I'm going to go with Fernando on this. I'm going to say Kansas City wins the game, but the Jacksonville Jaguars covered the spread.
2: Uh, So the Jags have not lost a game by more than one one score all season long. Um, They haven't lost uh, eight games in a row now by more than one score, uh, if you go back to last season. The Chiefs just struggle against the Titans at home on a big primetime game, stuff like that, yada, yada. Um, I think the Jags are starting to find their rhythm. Um, I don't expect them to win this game, so I'm going to take the Chiefs on this one. But I do expect the Jags to keep this close, even if it is just garbage time points. Uh, I just want to see the Jags show up on this game. And I think this is one they've had circled on their calendar for a long time.
0: As we'll see how they really fare against like the echelon, the top echelon of the AFC. Um, next game, we got the Browns at the Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by three and a half. Um, looking at our picks here, we seem to like the Dolphins a lot, and we picked all pretty much the same way. Anything else to add to this? I mean, the only thing that I'd I'd
2: wonder about this one, the I think the the reason why the point spread is so co- like close by this point is because the Browns have such a great running game. Uh, the Dolphins have clearly shown that they can't really stop the run by this point. So like, if you have the Dolphins in fantasy, it's not really my pick this week uh, of what I would do, just because I think the Dolphins are going to struggle against that run. But the Dolphins are still a solid team, and especially at home, give me the Dolphins
1: all day. Yeah, I think the Dolphins have this. I think the only question to be asked here is who's going to get more touchdowns, Hill or Waddle?
0: Mm-hmm. Good question.
2: I'm going to go Hill on this one.
1: I'm going to agree with you. There you go. All
0: right. Next game we got here is the Texans at the New York Giants. Giants are favored by five points. Fernando and I both have the Giants winning, but not covering because they f- we feel like the Texans will probably keep it close. I think they will keep it close, just like how they kept it close against the Eagles.
1: You know, I don't, I agree with you. I'm not exactly sure why, because Houston is not looking great at all. Um, but I think Giants the last week or so have not looked great either. Um, they're still winning football games. I got Giants winning, but Houston covering the spread. Why? I mean, to, to everybody saying that, why? I,
2: I, I have no idea what you guys see in Houston outside of Damian Pierce, who looks fantastic. What do you see? I mean, like, and I'm not a Giants fan. Like, I'm not a Giants believer. I, I, I think that they are exceeding uh, their record of what they have right now. But what do you see in the Houston Texans right now that gives you the thought that they're going to cover like a like a touchdown spread by this point, especially at home in the Meadowlands? I think
1: we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, that's not an, me, a,
2: that's that's a bullshit answer. You, you gave me know.
1: 16 points against uh, Kansas City last week, and what happened there?
2: I mean, dude, give me give me back on this one, man. Let's go for it. I mean, like at the end of the day, the Giants are the better team. They've they've looked 100%. solid. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones is is a much more uh, mobile quarterback than Geno Smith is, but they're playing the same game right now. Like you just don't make mistakes. You you leave it in the running game. You put it out in the pass game, and you let the defense go out and do that. The Giants are six and two right now. They're playing at home. They're coming off of a bye. The Texans have looked terrible. Terrible. They are literally the worst team in the NFL right now. 1-6-1. And, and, and five points. Five points is nothing for the Giants to cover. This game is not going to be close. Mm, big
1: words. Big words. Big words.
0: All right. Next game, we got Saints at the Steelers. Steelers come off a bye. But Saints favored by 2.5 on the road. Um, Fernando and I both picked the Saints to win this game and cover. I... I feel like the Saints are just a little bit better than the Steelers, and the Steelers just, yeah, they're they're now they don't have Claypool, they have like less options. Um, yeah, give me the Saints.
1: I'm gonna have to go with Pittsburgh on this. I think uh, New Orleans did not look good last week. Andy Dalton did not look good last week. Uh, I mean, Kamara's gonna do Kamara things for sure, uh, but I'm picking Pittsburgh to win this game outright. <sighs>
2: Man, this one's tough. Um, I, I disagree with both of you on, on all across the board. Uh, Andrew, I disagree with you because I think that losing Claypool didn't hurt the Steelers too much. I think it just opens up more for George Pickens by this point. Um, Deontay Johnson has gotten double-digit like targets, I think, in like, the past like five games. Um, the problem with the Steelers right now is figuring out the running game. I mean, Najee has not stepped up. He hasn't done his thing. Uh, they have Jalen Warren out there who's starting to step up. Uh, maybe a fancy pickup. Maybe definitely a stash by this point to pick up. Um, at home, is going to be tough. But the Saints, I mean, Andy Dalton didn't look terrible either. I mean, he he didn't look great. Uh, but they got out of their game plan. I mean, they couldn't use uh, Taysom Hill. They couldn't use a lot of, like, the little little plays that they use a lot of the times because they were down so far by that point. The defense still looked decent last week. Um, I don't think the Steelers are going to be anywhere really close in this game. Uh, give me the Saints, man. Um, yeah, they're going to cover.
0: Yeah, this. well, yeah, the Saints just played a really tough Ravens defense too, so that's probably why it didn't look great for them either. Um, next game we got Colts, the Jeff Saturday Colts, going to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by six, shockingly. Shockingly, is not even higher than that. Um, I have the Raiders to win this game handily to cover. Fernando has the Raiders to win, but the Colts to cover somehow still. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I'm taking the the Raiders to win this and to cover. I'm not exactly sure what the Colts are doing. I think we've touched on this before. Uh, If you're not winning football games, why not plug in Matt Ryan? Why not throw him out there and see what he can do? Let him sling the ball down there. But, uh, yeah, I think Raiders are going to take this and also cover at five and a half. So, Jeff Saturday, once again, the only uh, head coach to ever
2: coach a team without ever being a head coach of a team. Um, the Raiders are, are reeling right now, man. Uh, they're coming off of shutout loss. They, they lost in Jacksonville. And, <laughs> I know outside of my perspective, losing Jacksonville is an embarrassment. I'm um, glad you said it. I mean, I, I get it. Uh, the the thing is, is I agree with you on this one. Uh, you you have Matt Ryan there. Uh, Jeff Saturday comes in. The only thing that that kind of kept me on the fence on this one was like, is Jeff Saturday going to be one of those guys that comes in and, like gets the players to, like fight for him behind him? Uh, because I could see that. I mean, like being like in the trenches, being the dude that he was all day long. Can he get these players to fight for him? I think you can, but I think the Raiders are still, like, a talented team. You know, that, that's the problem. I mean, like, if they are playing the Texans this week, uh, even though you guys have them covering, if, if they were playing the Texans this week, I think they would come out and just dominate. Um, but the Raiders still have the talent. They're still playing for, for some sort of face by this point, uh, knowing that they should have done better than what they've done so far this year. I don't see the Colts covering this game. Give me the Raiders all day.
0: Yeah, the other thing is, I think they know what they have with Matt Ryan. It's just a mediocre quarterback, and they just want to see Ellinger and the other guys play. Um, the Colts, until recently, didn't have an offensive play caller until they just figure out, I guess, somebody that a quarterbacks coach or something, call and plays this week for them.
2: Once again, the Colts are only two games out of first place of that division. Yeah, like like that. That's that's one thing that I, I want to say because I know we talked about it earlier. I'm sorry about this. Uh, I know that we talked about this earlier. Like, why would you make the the shift to Jeff Saturday by this point? I I think the reason you make the shift is you're two games out of first place. Something has not been clicking. You have the offense. You have the team to be able to do it. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has not been there so far. But you have the team to be able to do it. Frank Reich's not the guy. And that's okay. Maybe he's not the head coach that you need. Maybe he's going to be a North Turner who would be a great offensive coordinator. He's been a great offensive coordinator for many years by this point. But maybe that's what you need by this point. I, I don't I don't think that it's a terrible move by the Colts to do it. Uh, you know, I, I think that the Colts will have a chance in this game. I just think the Raiders are, are going to win by more than touchdown.
1: Yeah, no, I 100% see what you're saying. I think, uh, you know, as far as the coaching staff, they needed a change. They felt like they should be better than what they are right now. And uh, they needed to get somebody in there that's going to... Hopefully, like you said, fire him up, uh, get the team behind him, uh, but also maybe change some things up. You know, we'll we'll see what he does on Sunday and uh, see if it's the same old game plan or see if he has some moves. It's gonna make some changes there.
0: Hmm. All right, um, next game is would have been a really great game of the previous decade, maybe, but it's the Cowboys of the Packers in Lambeau Field. Cowboys favored by five. We all pick the Cowboys to win and cover. Is there anything add to this game except maybe Aaron Rodgers might show up for this game? I think he might, man. That's the hard
2: part. It, it was hard for me to have the Cowboys cover this game. I think they're going to win it, but man, I, I think there's just a possibility. I mean, the Cowboys defense, probably in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL right now. Um, it's just Aaron Rodgers. Like it's <laughs> maybe I, maybe I just haven't like got off the train yet. He's just it's Aaron Rodgers, man. Like maybe he's going to find a way to win the Lambeau field down with so many things out. I mean, it would be a great story for the Packers to be able to make the playoffs, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers leaves him there. But there's a lot of turmoil that we talked about a little bit earlier in this uh, you know, together. Um where we're hearing that the wide receivers and some of the team isn't so stoked on Aaron Rodgers throwing them under the bus anymore.
1: Well, I mean you know, it's, it's tough to go against Aaron Rodgers because, you know, he is who he is. He's out there, you know, day in, day out, day out making plays. But looking at him over the past few weeks, especially last week, how he looked like he didn't even want to play football, which is sad to say. The guy was just kind of sidearm passes, like lollygagging everything up, just leaving it up there for the defenders. I, I think my pick is really strongly based on Last week's performance. Uh, I think Dallas is going to win this game outright. Uh, but as far as the spread, I think Green Bay could possibly cover the spread. But I think my pick is just based on his performance last week. Hopefully he picks it up. Maybe he does. I mean, we'll see. But I think Dallas got this, and I think they're going to cover the five points. So if the Packers lose this
2: game, they drop to 3-7, and seven, right? Uh, do you start bringing Jordan Love out of here? to actually start playing the game um, is a big question because we we talked about it uh, previous to the podcast by this point. Uh, Before June 1st, uh, if the Packers were to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, they essentially void a $58.3 million guaranteed bonus that he gets after June 1st. If the Packers continue to hold on to Jordan Love, they have to pick up his fifth-year option uh, by next year as well for the 2024 season he's due 20 million dollars guaranteed Jordan Love is million in no world right in no world can exist a competitive football team where they have Aaron Rodgers making almost 60 million dollars a year and Jordan Love making 20 million dollars a year and holding on to that so the reason i say that they ask a question about the 3 and 7 thing is that the Packers go three and seven by this point? Do you start throwing Jordan Love out there to try and get some trade big, try and figure out what you got working with? Everything like that. Do you cut ties with Aaron Rodgers? I mean this like the Packers are coming to like I think like the Rubicon by this point of where it comes down to figuring out which which horse you gonna put your, yourself behind?
1: I feel like you, you can't trade away your your future, right? So I think they're invested in love. Um I think if Aaron Rodgers does drop. Uh, it would be a good chance to get Love out there, get him some snaps, get him throwing the ball, see what he can do, and uh, give him a chance to possibly. I mean, if he's not showing up, uh, figure out maybe some trade offers in the future, or decide whether or not they're going to dump Rodgers.
0: At some point, you have to cut bait on the season, and this it's really getting close to cutting bait on this season for the Packers. And now, it just seems really stupid to continue to play Aaron Rodgers you again. Same thing like the Colts situation. You know what you have with Matt Ryan, with Aaron Rodgers. You've seen what he's done all year. Let's just—I think they should try to see what they have with Jordan Love, just to see what, kick the tires, just to see what happens. No, like, it's never going to
2: happen, though, right? I mean, like, like you can't. I, I, I do I don't see it happening somehow. But logically,
0: that. and like a sound person, sound mind for the organization is to see what you have with Jordan Love because yeah. you have him on that fourth, for that fifth year option. You said. It just seems ridiculous to continue to put him on a shelf. To Aaron Rodgers him as if he was with Brett Favre was the starting quarterback. To continue to do that and not see what you have seems reckless.
1: Yeah, but you also got to go back to what we talked about last week where we're starting to discuss what is the team doing for Rodgers? Are they trying to help him out? Are they trying to push him out? What's going on there? You know, they're really not grabbing anybody for him, they're not looking to help him out. So. I don't know why show up for a team that's not willing to put out for you. Tom Brady has literally
2: won Super Bowls with like no name people showing up. Uh, Julian Edelman was nothing before the season. By that point, Wes Welker was like nothing before the season before he showed up. Uh, like like this is this is I mean, good quarterbacks make good things happen with what they have going on. Aaron Rodgers has shown. And, uh, you know, once again, it, it's still in the Packers by this point. I, I get it. They didn't push hard enough to, like, get wide receivers, like, in the offseason everything like that. They probably didn't have the, uh, the the cap space to even get Brandon Cooks. Because Brandon Cooks, the, the Houston Texans, wanted a second and fourth round pick. But they also wanted the team to pick up $18.1 million, $18.3 million, some of that. The Packers, like, they, they did, they, they kicked the tires on wide receivers. They just couldn't get one. Uh, they because let's face it, the Bears were chosen because they were probably going to finish worse than the Packers were. And the reason, turns
0: why, out now, <laughs> maybe they won't. And the reason why but, I don't have cap space is that salary cap that salary Ryan cap is. yeah. yeah but it
1: also goes back to the draft, they didn't pick out anybody to help them out. In they the got draft. Christian
2: Watts in the second round out of North Dakota State, he's been injured so far. Uh, they got Romeo Dobbs who got uh severely injured this week as well. They, they got some rookie wide receivers. They're not picking the best ones off the book, but also they've been finishing high. They're not getting the cream of the crop by this point for the wide receivers. Yeah, you know, like you have to trade up to get them. I mean, like they're they're holding on their their draft picks by this point. They're not using them. I mean, they haven't used a first round pick on a wide receiver. Fucking never,
0: I, never. They just They, they, never. they, they did on a the, quarterback. The first first
2: round pick to ever catch a quarter uh, catch a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers was Mercedes Lewis, who was a first round pick from the Jaguars like fifty years ago. Yeah. That's the, that's the first first-round pick to ever catch a, a, a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to, I mean, I get it, but I'm still with it on this one. I don't believe that, like, maybe it kind of saw to the tires on Jordan Love, maybe a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Outside of that one. We'll see.
2: Yeah,
0: we'll see. We'll see. All right, so next game, we're just going to briefly go through that. Um, it's Cardinals at Rams. Rams are favored by three. We all pick the Cardinals because I don't think the Rams have it. Does anything to add to that?
2: I mean, Matt Stafford got placed in concussion uh
1: yeah. on Tuesday, so their O line still the same. It's not looking great right yeah, now. Their running situation still the same.
2: Well, it sounds like Sean McVeigh is actually going to give uh, Henderson like a chance to okay. be like the the starting guy. That's what it, that's what it looks like so far. But I I just see the Cardinals bouncing back on this one. I'm not a believer in the Rams.
0: All right, Sunday night football, we got the um, L.A. Chargers, sounds, sounds weird to say it, going to Santa Clara to play the 49ers. The 49ers are favored by seven. Um, I think that's a lot of points for the Niners. I have them winning, but the Chargers covering. Fernando agrees with that kind of assessment. What do you say, you guys?
1: I think I'm going to agree with you. I think San Francisco is going to win this game, but the Chargers are going to cover. I think you have a pretty strong weapon there with Christian McCaffrey coming off a bye, give him a better chance to learn the offense a little bit. Uh, So yeah, San Francisco winning the game, but I think the Chargers will keep it close. Chargers needed a double fumble, a defumble, if you would,
2: (laughs) to to even have Dicker the kicker. These are words I never thought I'd ever say that love. To wasn't the word? Be, okay. be able to actually kick the winning field goal by this point. Um, I just don't see the Chargers covering this game. And I, I think the Niners are going to have this game. Um, it'll probably be like eight or nine points. Uh, but give me the seven. Yeah, I think it'll
0: be pretty close. All right, Monday Night Football. We got the Washington Taylor Heineke football commies. Going to Philly to play the Eagles. Eagles are favored by 11 points. Um, we all pick the Eagles to win, but the commandos to cover. I think that's pretty fair, but um, it just doesn't seem like... I don't think I see the Eagles piling on the points in this game. I think this is going to be a little bit closer than what the spread says.
2: I just I just don't see Ted Heineke actually... Letting this game get out of get out of reach, man. I, I like Taylor Heineke a lot, man. Uh, I think the dude's a gamer. He he reminds me of a little known mustachioed person named uh, Gardner Minshew. Uh, will he do enough to actually like win you the games? Like at the end of the day, no. But he's going to keep you there, man. Uh, I like Taylor Heineke a lot. Uh, give me the comics cover, and I hope they win this game because I would love to see Philly lose
1: on Monday night. I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think Philly's going to win. Washington's going to cover. I was on uh, the Washington bandwagon last week against, against Minnesota, and they kept it pretty close. It was 20-17. Um, I think 10.5 points is a little outrageous for this game, even if uh, Philadelphia is undefeated. Uh, so I got Philly winning, Washington covering. 100%. I think Washington absolutely covers this game. Um, I just don't. I don't
2: see... I don't see you getting that out of hand by this point. Um, Philly has won some good games. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a division game, man. You know, on Monday Night Football, give me the comics to cover this game. I think it's a be a lot closer than what people think. I agree.
0: Sounds good. Um, I think that's all we have today. We can uh, talk about another topic that we were thinking about next week. Um, we're reaching – that's uh, one, one, magic one-hour mark of our recording Um, Anything else to add, Trav?
2: No, I don't think there is. Chris, I I really appreciate you coming back out again. Thank Uh, you. I hope you keep coming out. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy G the stat boy, I always appreciate you. Uh, Fernando might be uh, worried about his job getting taken over here with the way Chris has been handling it so far.
1: I don't know about it. Probably.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Uh, Good luck to all you guys in Week 10. Uh, Hopefully you listen to our picks because uh, we weren't terrible last week. Uh,
1: but we thank all two of you for uh, tuning in uh, every single week by this point. My name is Travis. Uh, my name is Chris. And also always feel free to stop by the Walter's Garage.
0: If you know where it is. And Shameless I'm J- plug. And I'm Jimmy G, the stat
2: boy. And this has been Double Doinks and Sackles teaching you how to football. Can you teach us how to football? I just literally did. I spent an hour doing it. I
1: think I- you did. Yeah, I forgot.
2: Well... Until next week, we appreciate all two of you listening. Thank you. Have a great night.